0: Here we go. Okay, we are on day two, class number two of our uh, discussion on Parakhes of the Mimer, where we are now going back to look at the traditional, so to speak, uh, discussion on Yeshmei Ayin. Right. So we began by discuss by talking about how everything is being created through through uh, through letters through speech. Right, I don't know what to do with my. Uh, oh, here it is. Um, and we said that if thing, if Hashem, so to speak, would stop speaking for an instant, so then everything would return back to absolute, absolute nothingness, in a way that let me just check out if everyone. Um, in a way that was as though it never was created at all that was that's basically the idea okay uh okay one more second sorry guys i'm trying to just finish this okay good here we go sorry uh, where are we up to? okay so we're holding on page sadek zion Right, and we talked about now the difference between Yeshmi Ayin and Yeshmi Yesh. That we said, let's go back to that discussion with the Uman. Say it like this. Let's start again from the top of the page. Right, VeHine, right, second to last word in the line, top line. VeHine Kseiv LeOydom Hashem divarcha Nitzav Hashemayim. That forever, Hashem, your words are standing in the heavens. shahadavar Havaya tamid that the word of Hashem is constantly standing in the heaven, the havois of the hachioso, right? That's what we were talking about last time. The means to bring it into existence, right? And the means to give it life. Where? From nothing to something. Now, when it says nothing, it doesn't mean nothing per se. It means from Hashem, right? But it's nothing that we could put our finger on. We cannot say, oh, there it is. And if it would disappear from it, for instance, it would become absolutely nothing, the F is zero. And like I told you last time, this refers to that before Hashem started speaking, he thought it, so therefore, first it would go back to Ayan, which is the idea of thought, and then F as though it was never even thought in the first place. The Inyan, he that the concept of the bringing into existence of worlds, this is not similar to making a vessel. Because why? Because at the end of the day, the vessel is something that is separate, from the artisan. And therefore it remains in existence even when the uman is not there. Why? The That even though the uman could be going in the marketplace. So the kli remains in its mitsiyus. But upstairs it's not like this. Because remember what we're saying. What's with the with the artisan? The artisan takes an existing piece of silver and he makes it into a cup. That's what he's doing. Right? He's not creating the silver. He's taking an existing form and changing that form into a different form. Right? That's what's happening. It was a block of silver. He heats it up, he moves it around, and now what is it? Now it is a cup. That's what's happened here. Right? a in Ocain, but upstairs now like this. The uman That the uman that made this cleat. Because the Uman, like I just said, what did he really do? He made something from something else. Because even before it was made, it was already a, a, a yesh. Namely, he was not creating the silver. The silver was in existence. Because initially it was a chaymer, a material thing. For example, a piece of silver, a piece of gold. The woman did not make something new. All he did is change the, the, the form of it, the tsura of it, the picture of it, so to speak. But he did not make a new thing. The etzim silver is still there. Before it was there, now it's there. Namely, to make a something, a yes thing from a non thing. I.e., if I was standing right here, right, and I all of a sudden I said hocus pocus, whatever I say, bang, and all of a sudden a block of silver arrived. That's called making something from nothing. But if I take this piece of wood and all of a sudden I take a saw and I make it into uh, you know, into a box instead of a piece of uh, a table, what have I done? I've, in fact, yes, changed the form of this tabletop, but I didn't make the tabletop. The tabletop is a piece of wood. All I've done is changed the way it looks. Now it's flat and then it becomes a box. That's all I'm done. So therefore, since the artisan is not really doing anything per se, all he's doing is changing the form, the object could remain in existence without him. He is not a needed entity to keep this object in existence,. <clears throat> but with regards to bringing into existence of worlds, who <inaudible> Briya, This is a totally different concept, because now we're talking about a non-entity, becoming a yes entity. This is Shahu. <inaudible> this is actually something new. In other words, you can't say it's a hizchadshus when you take a piece of silver and you make it into a cup. So there's no real hizchadshus happening there. Yes, you're making something beautiful. Let's say, let's say that you're a true artist and you can make something beautiful. But here, but here, that's not what we're talking about. This we're talking about is hizchadshus, something completely new. Masha'loya <laughs> mekaydim. Something that was never there before. Because why? The concept of the yesh that I see now in front of me, that block of silver, before there was silver in the world, there is no place that you could point to and say, oh, this is where the silver is coming from. No. There's nowhere that the silver is coming from. Even though the worlds right? Even though the worlds, so to speak, were included in the source from which they come, Mashu Okay, so we're bringing the first mashal. Here comes the first mashal. Mashal number one. This is the mashal that the Alta Rebbe discusses. To, well, it's a little bit of a different, but it uses the same idea in chapters 20 and 21, the concept of bringing out the idea of a machshaba So let's say that I'm deciding that I'm going to build a house. And I have pictured in my mind all the things that I need to build the house, right? I know that I need, let's, let's not talk about a house. A house is too big of a grand a scale. But let's say that I've decided that I'm going to build a, a, uh, uh, a shed outside, a shack outside. So what do I need for this shed? I need to get a bunch of wood. I need to get a bunch of rocks or some cement. I need to get some nails. I need to get some, I don't know. I should ask Yehuda really what I need. I'm not really so. So all of these things are in my mind. But the fact that they're in my mind is very distant from the fact that they are all of a sudden appearing in front of me. Right? And that's what he's saying here. Let's say that I have it in my Makshava. Al, Bashava saada, in the thoughts of a person, Kishi Tsayire, when he visualizes, so to speak, right? Ts Evan, he all of a sudden has in mind a rock in his mind. Or like our, in our case, the shed. He's building a shed, so he has to have, uh, I don't know, he probably breaks it on a plan. He needs so many two-by-fours and so many planks and so many this and so many that. And he needs uh, these many nails or screws because he's using a drill, whatever. He has all this stuff in his mind. Like he's like we just said, he's thinking about making a building. She writes a leave note that he wants to build. And he visualizes in his mind call Prate all the different details all the different specifics of the building Archo, how long it's going to be Verava how wide it's going to be forhanddarab all the rooms that are going to be there and he literally has in mind the whole house the way it's supposed to be so here we talked about a shed so it's going to be in the most simple way a simple thing a shed right he has a door like this and that handle is going to look like this. And, uh, the roof is going to look like this. And, all right. So go back to the mimer. The mimer is saying a whole house. So let's say a whole house. So he's going to have, you know, four bedrooms and he's going to have a kitchen over here and he's going to have a, a, den and the den's going to have a fireplace and, uh, uh right. So he could, you know, he has a, he has an image in his mind of what he wants to accomplish, so to speak. He has this image in his mind. So on the one hand, he definitely has this picture in his mind. But on the other hand, it's a spiritual picture. There's nothing mamashos out of it. It's all, it's all just spiritual. <laughs> the actual physical rock or the physical building or the physical planks that we're talking about or the handle, right? The doorknob that you need to use is not in his mind. It's just a spiritual idea. So, when you realize that, now it's going to come out from, if you can imagine, from your brain, all of a sudden that it comes out into being. What does that mean? How could that be? It can't. You can't do that. We can't do this. Right? Ki'im only... Where is it? I'm sorry. So in a similar idea, you can imagine how the worlds were completely included in their source. It's only spiritual. But the physical world. It wasn't there at all. This is the same concept, just like I have in my mind every single detail. And presumably, if you talk to a person who is in construction and knows about building houses, he literally has to think through all the different things that he needs. And he goes through it, right? And then he might write it down. But he has in his mind, when he's making this list, he does have an image of what he needs. He has an image of the building he wants to produce. And he knows, in order to produce this building, you know, he has to think through how much he has to do. Like I remember when we were making the um, the panels for my sukkah, the wooden panels, right? So you need uh, like a floorboard, and you need a two by four, and the two by four is to be, you know, how many uh, eight, right? Eight feet long on this side, eight feet long on this side. and then you say, well, we're going to put like three middle things, so therefore you have to measure, right? You have it in your mind, like you're measuring, okay, eight, and then the two by four is, I don't know how many inches wide or whatever, I guess it's two by four, right? Whatever, right? And so you have to figure out, measure, okay, uh, you have all these things. So you have it in your mind. So imagine that, that the world was completely, so to speak, in Hashem's mind. But there was no physical world. Now, all of a sudden, there's a physical world. That's called yeshmeayim. You can't point to where it came from. In other words, if I were to see a cake, I could say, you know, look, I could see that there was flour in this cake and sugar in this cake and eggs in this cake and water in this cake and I could see all the different things in this cake. And I could understand where it came from. It makes sense that if you put flour and eggs and water and sugar and and maybe some chocolate, uh, you know, powder together, you're going to get a cake. You can trace. That's called Yesh mi-yesh, or you could sometimes call it ilu va'alu, cause and effect. You have something, and from that something comes something else. And you could trace it, whether you're talking about an object, or you're talking about a set of circumstances, or you're talking about a relationship, or you, to- you could talk about it in many different ways. But you could ch- go from one to the next. Here, the chidish that we're trying to bring out is that you can't go from the ideas in my mind to all of a sudden the creation of this thing, physical thing, without going to Lowe's first or uh, Home Depot or something like that. You have to have that yesh yesh in this physical world. But in the muscle, right, imagine that I could put from my mind and all of a sudden it would just appear in front of me. Right? There are probably some cartoons that are like that, right? All the, ping, oh, right? There it is. Right? So this is what we're talking about. So now we can see the difference between the two main conversations in terms of creation. Ayin, right? Where it says ayin vav ayin, that's called ilu Al. That's an acronym for va'alu, which means cause and effect. The truth is, I once heard from one of my teachers that cause and effect is really not such a is not really the best um, the best translation of it. Because cause and effect could also mean in English, right, that from the effect, you don't really necessarily see the cause, but the, the cause is causing the effect. Like, uh, you know, the weather over here in New, in New Jersey, is, they say, oh, it's affected because there's something called the El Nino off the coast of uh, off Ecuador or whatever, you know, because there's a storm system and every once in every several years, like, like I can't trace that. Like a scientist possibly could trace it, but I can't see how, you know, one thing happened. Ilwa al uh, is more a matter of you literally could take from step one to step two. You see it with your eyes. Or at least with your mind. You could totally see what's going on. Right? Like uh, I think he translated it as source point in derivation. Right? In other words, you could literally go from point one to point two. And you can construct it. For example, the example that I like to give is uh, you go to the airport, right? You go to the airport and you see a young man walking with a suitcase and an old man coming towards him, and they come to each other and they hug each other. What just happened? All you're seeing is these, you know, this two-second clip of this video, for example, in front of your eyes, right? So you know that the young man probably came on a trip from wherever, you know, and he's meeting up with his father, his grandfather, his grandfather, an uncle, some, you know, some, and so you could see, you didn't necessarily see that he actually came out from, right, the arrivals, right, but you can assume that based on what you're seeing, and you can't really know that the grandfather, you know, didn't come from a different flight, but you can sort of assume that he's probably drove his car or whatever there, and now the next step you could probably assume also is that what's going to happen? They're going to walk together to the father's car and they're going to drive somewhere together, right? Okay, so all you're seeing is this one second or two second clip and you could learn out from it what's happened before and what's going to happen after. That's called cause and effect because you could literally see it. You know it. we've, We've been around in this world long enough to understand that that's what probably happened and that's what's probably going to happen exactly the details of how long they didn't see each other, well, you could see how how they say hello to each other. You know, if they are, you know, uh, you know uh, as though they haven't seen each other for such a long time. There's such a concept. Oh, it looks like you haven't seen this person for a very long time. Well, there's a reason why we say that. Because it appears different than if you just saw him in the morning and you're saying, oh, thanks for picking me up, you know, whatever. Right? There's a big difference. So in the details you could see, you can go from step one to step two to step three to step four, etc., the whole idea of Yeshmi Ayan is that you can't trace. So if I say, okay, look, here's the block of silver. Where'd it come from? Oh, well, you know, they probably, they got it from, they were, you know, took it from a mine in, uh, you know, wherever in Nevada, and that's where they got it from. Okay, good, fine. Where did that silver come from? Well, I told you already, it's from the mine. Okay, well, where did that, where did, the, where did it come from? You Know okay, so you can go back and say, Oh, well, it's the big bang or whatever. You know, you could make up all these different things, whatever you want to say. But like, Poyal Mamish, do we really have a chart of where it came from? The answer is obviously not. I can't see it, so that's what we're saying here. The Hishtalshos, let's just see it inside for a little while, and then we'll, we'll, we'll I'll give you a chance to go over this. Thing. The shows, the whole. Chain like descent of al hareha al haya il khila. So, the, the terminology that Hasidus uses is that the alul, which is the effect, was included in the ila, in the cause. Meaning that you could see that this situation is going to give birth to this. So, in other words, when you look at that block of silver, if you are an artist, you could see how that block of silver will turn into a kiddush cup. Not only do you see it in the block of silver, but you know how to go from the block of silver into the kiddush cup. You know that you have to, I don't know, you have to heat it up in a certain type of uh, oven, right? And you know what uh, instruments to use, and you know how to do this, and you know how to do this. Like, I don't really know, but I can assume, like, basically what's going on. But an artist could literally see, Right? And that's part of, you know, that's part of the idea. That an artist, you know, very often he will tell you that, yeah, he saw the kiddush cup ahead of time from that block of silver. He saw it, He saw the way it was going to look. He visualized it in his mind, and he makes it. That's what happened. So the alul, the effect, is included in the cause. The kamol, here he uses a more spiritual example. Seichel v'midahs. For example, intellect and midos. We know that midos come out of seichal. So for example, if I'm about to give you a good piece of information, I can assume what type of mida is going to be born from it. It doesn't take a genius. If you tell a person, right, that's why they always... You know they take a guy you know with a camera when they when they go around to the person that wins the lottery right because they want to see him go crazy. you just won fifty million dollars ah! you know literally you know he just goes crazy it's it's a uh, you know his physical body actually gets ex- affected by it it goes from intellect to emotions to uh, to physical action, to like you know, or it's just his whole body just is shaking, <laughs> jumping up and down, you know, running around. You know, th- there's a term for it, actually. I don't remember the term, but like they literally, they. So you could see, you can understand what's going to happen. That's why, like a lot of, um, you know, just as a as a side point, in terms of avoida, that what you put in your mind, you know, is going to impact you. So you have to be very careful. What are you putting in your mind? What are you thinking about? What do you spend your time focusing on? Right? In other words, it's going to be borne out in terms of your simcha, in terms of getting depressed, in terms of getting upset, getting happy. How are you going to deal with this person, that person? Right? We have to use our mind in a smart way. So for example, like, like uh, we were discussing in yesterday's Tanya, right, about Yaakov pada is Avram. Right? And we know that that means Yaakov is the, is the attribute of compassion. Avram is the com- attribute of love. Right? So, when you look at someone, it also talks, it says exactly the same phrase at the end of Parak Lamed Base. You look at someone, a person, who you're angry with. For example, you're upset with this person that, you did, that he did such and such and such. So the Alter Rebbe over there is discussing the idea of looking at him with compassion. When you look at him with compassion, all of a sudden, it opens your heart to look at him from a different perspective. Right? You see a person, and he's acting in a certain way, and it's really upsetting to you, and really annoying to you. And then, all of a sudden, you find out, like, a piece of information about this person. This person uh, just went through such and such a situation, or this person is in a lot of pain for whatever reason, or this person is... whatever it is. So, all of a sudden, you look at him from a, a little bit of a different set of eyes. Right? That your judge, the natural judgmental way of looking at a person that may, maybe most of us have, all of a sudden, melts. So you're using it as an as a, as a instrument, as a tool, to bring out a different feeling in yourself. So, why are we using it? Why, how is that happening? Because we know that we can trigger, based on our mind and based on what we're thinking, we can trigger different emotions and we could use it to our advantage, right? If you know how the, uh, how the game works, or if you know how, how the instrument works, so then you could use it however you want to use it. So all of a sudden now, this person that you were so annoyed at, you find out this piece of information, all of a sudden you change, right? The, I, I think it's in uh, one book that, um, I remember the book, but I remember hearing someone say about it a long time ago, right, the story about, about a person who was on the subway on a Sunday morning or something like that, and reading his newspaper his New York Times, and all of a sudden a father comes onto the train with like a bunch of really rambunctious little kids, and the guy is sitting there is like so angry at the at this father for like you know how could it be they should learn how to control their kids, you know what kind of what kind of father is he, what kind of business is this they 're jumping all over the place, you know, and he like can 't concentrate on his you know sunday times you know and, uh, very terrible tragedy over here that he can't concentrate on in his newspaper, right? And all of a sudden, I mean, he just, you know, the, the mind is just going and going and going and going going with all this judgment. And all of a sudden, the father turns to him and says, you know, he, he has to, you know, please forgive uh, the way the kids are acting, but they just lost their mother. And all of a sudden, the guy stops in his tracks and of his judgment and starts, oh, you know, trying to figure out how he can make the kids feel better. And uh, what happened? The kids are not behaving any differently. But you but the person there got a little piece of a insight of information that all of a sudden it changed his way of looking at the whole thing. That's what happened there. So this is what he's saying. This is cause and effect. Cause and effect is you know that if you find out some piece of information, your emotions will follow. So with that in mind, you could also use it for your own advantage to know how to do this anyway. We're going to stop here. I want you to go over this. We'll pick up from this idea tomorrow. But it's important to notice that with ilvaal, what you have is you could constantly look backwards and look forwards. That's the idea here. You could look back and you could look forwards. You could see where it's going to come from, and you know where it's going to go to. That's the opposite of yeshmeayin. Yeshmeayin, you cannot look back, and once you see, and you cannot see where did this thing come from. And you cannot look at the source and say, oh, this is going to come out of there. That's the opposite idea. Okay, we'll continue tomorrow. Okay, please do Hazara.